0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Amen. So um, today is the second part of my portion of this teaching. We're teaching on the purpose of the family. So we've been doing this for several months. We started uh, back in the summer of 2019, so it's still going on. Right now, our portion, or my portion here, we're talking about daughters, women, wives, and mothers. And my section here is the qualities of submission. So last week, there were some things that I said we're going to go over, some stuff that's been taught throughout this teaching, and I want to make sure that everybody understands these things because it's very important. When we talk about submission, there's so many things, there's so many ideas that we have to get out of our heads that don't really belong to godly submission. So therefore we almost it is we almost have to be on guard, but when it comes to submission, there's so many things that we gotta take out. There's so much that we have to get right. We have to understand what God is saying about submission. So what I wanna start with first are those things that I told you last week to so always remember as we're going through this teaching. First of all, the purpose of the family is to provide, is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. And that's what we've been hearing since the beginning of this series, way back in the summer. So we've been hearing that the purpose of the family is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. And we said it's not only to produce them to, for it to happen once, but this is a maintenance. Once you become, once you've been produced as a spiritually and emotionally established believer, you should stay in that state. God's purpose for the family doesn't conform to this world standards or its methods. So we have to take away all the things that the world has changed. We can't look at the family and God's purpose the way the world looks at it. We can't think that we're going to establish God's purpose for the family using worldly methods. So we have to take all of that out. Then we have to remember that every member of the family is important. There's nothing insignificant. There's no insignificant role or no insignificant person in the family. God has standards commandments and guidelines for each member of the family so it's not like the mother and the father have to obey God's commandments and he has guidelines for the mother and the father and the children get away or vice versa there are always commandments standards and guidelines that God has set up for every member of the family and when we obey and follow these guidelines and these commandments then we're in line we can accomplish God's purpose for our life and the family the thing about this is you're responsible for your part you can't do anybody else's part you're responsible for what you're supposed to do but if you fail to do your part the strain or the missing part that the other of people are missing you are responsible for that because you were supposed to bring your part remember last week i used the analogy of if you have like a potluck and you say i'm just going to sign up for the cups and the plates but you forget the cups and the plates everybody else can bring all the food but we can't eat because you didn't bring the cups and the plates. so remember Everybody has their part. And who God has made you is for purposes sake. It's not for what you want to do or what the world has called you to do or says you should do. It's for what God has purposed you to do. So we said the objective of this teaching is to understand what submission is and the qualities of submission. So we want to understand what submission looks like as it pertains to a godly woman. So we're talking about submission. And in submission as believers, we realize that God is the ultimate authority. So God is the ultimate authority. As believers, we realize that. doesn't matter. There are some, type, some people who don't realize that. Before we believe, we didn't realize that. But it doesn't make God any less the ultimate authority because you don't believe it. But he is the ultimate authority. So for every believer, he should be the ultimate authority in our lives. So that means he has the final say. So submission is a principle in the kingdom of God. As believers, we all adhere to the principle, or we should adhere to the principle of submission. For this particular teaching, we are talking about submission as it pertains to the woman in the family. So all the examples, all the things that I give will be uh, around submission in the home as a godly woman. But understand, these are principles of submission. So, we went over to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to read that. We're not going to read it right away. But if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles to that, you can. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And we looked at that word, subjection. And I said, subjection, we also will use that synonymously with the word submission. And it means to arrange oneself under. Under authority. To submit yourself. We also said that submission... In its original term, the way it was originally set out to mean in this passage, was it was a military term. And what that was is it related to obedience based on the chain of command. So when you think about the military, there's a chain of command. And in submission, that's what that's talking about. There's a chain of command. There's something. There is a purpose. There is a mission. There is something that needs to be accomplished, and that is given. And it follows the chain of command until it gets to every person. And that's what submission does. It puts you under authority of that, in that chain of command so the mission is accomplished. So we said submit also means to obey, to bring under control, to place, and to rank under. So those are all things that submission means. So remember we're using the word submission and subjection. We'll use that kind of synonymously in this teaching. Submission is required by each person to accomplish God's purpose. So, last week when we looked at, we went over to Ephesians chapter 5. We won't go there this morning. But we saw that, once again, God has standards. He has commandments. He has regulations. He has rules set up for every person in the family. And that's to accomplish His purpose. Submission is required in all those areas to accomplish His purpose. In the world, when you think about submission, the Word has been taken advantage of. When we look at submission, a lot of times we have the wrong view of it because we look at it as somebody being inferior. Somebody being uh, inferior, that means that somebody is superior to the inferior. Or someone else has value and another person that's submitting does not have value. Or the person not submitting or the person being submitted to is smarter than the person that's submitting. And that's not at all the case. The thing about it is what the world has done is we flipped that submission and what we've done is we've taken it to make an advantage. So when we talk about submission in the home, when we talk about submission when it comes to God's purpose, it's for God's purpose, not one's person, one person's agenda. So you think about it, I was listening to this story, and it was years ago, and it was this guy, he, he professes to be a Christian, his wife professes to be a Christian, he's, he's well known, well he was at that time, I don't know if he's still as popular as he, as he was then, and he was saying that his wife submitted to him for his purpose. And maybe he just messed up his words. You know, you say something in your head you meant for the purpose God has given me, but he said for his purpose, and that's not what has happened. But that's what has been taken. You know, it's the woman submits. The the man is the head of the woman, da, 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 and that's what we've taken, and we've pulled that in. But it's never for one person's purpose. It's for God's purpose. That's what submission is for. When you look at it as for one person's purpose, you are going to get out of line. You are going to have issues with submission. Your submission is not going to be to God. It's going to be to that person. Because remember, when we talked about submission, we talked about it as not so much as your submission is to um, take this the right way. Submission is, to, is yielded to God's delegated authority. That's the best way to put it. I'm glad I looked at my notes. It's yielded to God's delegated authority. It's not yielded to anybody else's plan. It's God's will. It's not Seth's will. It's not what anybody else is doing. It's what God is doing. So you're submitting to God. So a woman who is, has become a wife or is about to become a wife, what that person has to do, what that woman has to do is she has to bring her will and her plans and her attitudes under the control of her husband in order to accomplish God's will. So, you know, you say that that's a mouthful. And I talked about this last week about the way things are in society, the different roles and how society has changed when it comes to women and the way we think about women or the way women feel that they can be assert themselves. And to say when you get married as a woman, you take your plans, your will, and your attitude and put them under control of your husband, thats I mean, if I say that in some places, I get stoned. And y'all know it's the truth they be like, no, I don't do any of that. I'm my own person. I'm my own woman. No, you're God's woman. And the thing about this is, as a wife, you do that. But as a woman of God, you've already done that. You've already died to self. You've died to self because you live to God. So as a woman of God, submission is something that you have to have on, regardless of if you're married or if you're not married. It's something, when you take on the role of a wife, The submission, you're in a different position, so you're doing something different. But the attitude of submission, the heart of submission, is always there. If you try to, and take this for all of us single women, all of us, if you try to submit once you get engaged or get married, you are not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to do it. I can tell you right now, you're not going to be able to do it. Because you weren't submitted before. Let me tell you. Submission, I'm going to say this. This I said this last week. In true submission, the power is exerted by the person Sub- submitting. So the person who is submitting is exerting the power, not the person who's being submitted to. So remember what I just said. If you are trying to, you're a single woman, you're about to get married, or you just got married, and now you decide you want to submit. This whole other time you weren't submitted. As a daughter, you were hard-headed, you were rebellious, you lived in your parents' house, you did whatever you want to, whether it was blatant or under the cover, you did whatever you wanted to do. Then you grew up, you went to work, you had a bad attitude, you half did everything, and you're like, I'm just not going to submit. So now you come in and you get married and you're like, I'm going to be a godly wife. I'm going to submit. No, you're not. Because guess who submits? Guess where the power of submission comes? The submission is a choice. If you haven't made the choice to submit before, you are out of practice. Your practice is to not submit, men, unmarried men. If you see that the practice isn't to not submit, I don't even talk. This isn't even premarital. I'm just throwing out there. If she's not submitting now, she's not gonna submit to you. Let me tell you, I'm I'm gonna tell you from a woman. Seeing y'all using up my time as a woman's point of view. So, and you can take. You don't even have to take this. This you can throw this away. If you are with, with, a, with a, a young lady, you're about to get married, you're thinking about marrying her, and she has not submitted to her father, and her father paid all the bills, fed her, as Bill Cosby used to say, brought her into this world. She didn't submit to him. She acted a fool with him. Oh, let me tell you, her fool is good and right. When she brings it to you, it is going to be something that you have never seen before. You're going to be like, this is not what I thought it was going to be, because guess what? As a child, there are certain restrictions you have as a child because you don't have no money, you don't have no health insurance, you ain't got nowhere else to go. But most likely, when you get married, you probably got a job, you can kind of do your own thing. So guess what? All the stuff she brought to her daddy and her mama, she fixing to bring it to you in grown folk form. She brought it to her her mama and daddy, she brought that to them in child form. But she fixing to bring it to you in grown folk form, okay? All right, she's going from the junior side to the missus. Y'all don't know what that means, but the women, you know what I'm talking about. It's just going to come full fruition. So, that was, y'all took, took about five minutes off my time for stuff i got to get say today. But, understand that. Submission, you're not going to just jump up and submit. First, got to be submitted to God. And that's why we talk about this in, in the name of this series. We're talking about daughters, women, wives, and mothers. It's a progression of things. There are things that you put into place so that as you grow and as you get into different positions in your life, you're able to handle those positions. If you are not in place, like if you don't learn the alphabet when you're like four and five, you can't read when it's time to read. When it's time to learn those words and read, you can't put a paragraph together. That means you can't read and you can't write. Same thing with, goes with the uh, things of God. The things that, as a, as, a, as a woman, the things that you deal with are different than when you're in your parents' home. The things you deal with as a wife are different. When you bring children in and you become a mother, it's different. So you have to have that. You have to understand submission before you get all that other stuff going on in your life. So you have to make sure you know how to submit. Because remember, as a woman, the power of submission is exerted by the person submitting. The woman chooses to submit. She exerts the power to submit. And that's how God's will is accomplished. So in order to submit, and this is very important, in order to submit, I must renew my mind and continue to renew my mind. Because once again, the world has done a whole lot and thrown around a whole lot of things in submission. In submission, remember, you're submitting, you're giving up. I don't want to say giving up, but you are putting yourself under authority. Your will, your attitudes, your plans, your actions. So in your mind, you have to deal with all the things that are going on in your mind. So there's the internal stuff that you have to deal with, and then you have to deal with the external stuff. So a lot of times we think of the world and we think of worldly views and worldly attitudes, but then there are people who are close to us who may not have the right proper view of submission. And they come in, so there's another layer where you're having to deal with other people in your, in your ear, and maybe you're not necessarily talking to them and telling them all your business, but you are hearing what they have to say. You know, you just may be walking through somewhere and hear somebody talking about something, and it goes against what you believe what God has said about submission. You have to deal with that too. So we have to make sure that we renew our mind, and we consistently and constantly renew our mind when it comes to the understanding submission. When we looked at last week, we looked at why am I required to submit? And we saw that Jesus is our example of submission to authority. We're not going to go to the day, but we went to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. And we saw that Jesus submitted to authority. He submitted to, he is God. He came to earth in a body. He submitted in his earthly body. He submitted to the Father, and then he submitted to his natural parents and the natural authority in the body. The thing about it is, he submitted to those he came to save. Now, some of us were like, well, I'm God. I'm not going to submit to the, I'm the creator. Why would I submit to the creature? For purpose sake. For purpose sake. When you can, when you can understand that, you realize, oh, submission is for God's purpose. As women, our submission should be seen in our character. And that's what we're going to talk about a lot today. We submit because of our relationship to Christ. Submission is not a sign of weakness, but it's an act of obedience. So the wife submits herself to her own husband because of her relationship to Christ. And that submission, once again, is an act of obedience. So go back to Wednesday night. I want you to connect the knowledge. What does obedience do? It assures us of the presence of God. I am with God and he is with me. Not God is with me and I'm with him. No. I am with God, therefore he is with me because I'm obeying. Submission is a choice. I can choose to submit when I understand and accept that something is more important or has more worth than what I want. I don't mindlessly submit. Here's the thing. Submission is a choice. We make the choice to submit. And you know what? We make an informed choice. We don't just go in and say, okay, I'm going to submit to whatever they say because da 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 da. No. We understand, in true submission, you understand that there's something greater, that there's something of more value, and you have, not only do you understand it, but you accept it. Like I told you last week, I understand most of the time there is a better football team than the Texas Longhorns in college football. But do I accept that? Most likely not. But it's different when we accept something. That means we take it in. It is our own. We we accept it. It becomes a part of us. So we understand that God's purpose, His will is greater than what I want. So guess what? I can submit to it. That means that I am mindfully submitting, not mindlessly submitting. Mindlessly submitting means oh, I just do it because you said do it and they told me you were the authority. Okay, that's fine. No, it means I've thought about it. I've made the choice. When you submit this way, you can submit when it's not easy. You can submit when you do have to do what we've been talking about, those hard unseen things. You can submit to God's will then because you've chosen, you've realized, you've looked at it, you've counted the cost and you say, God's purpose is greater than what I'm going through or what I want to do or what I think is right. It's about God's purpose. So, we talked about getting over our preconceived ideas of submission. We have to understand that the one being submitted to is not smarter or more important or has more value. The one submitting is not unintelligent or mindless or or has less value. And each person has value in something to contribute. We said men aren't inferior to women and women aren't inferior to men. That's the thing, When when we try to get it right as people, we get it off balance. Because okay, men are equal to women. And then we say, well, now women are greater than men. No, it's not even about that. We are different. We are different. I talked about last week, I believe, comparing apples and oranges. They're both fruit, but they're both different. You can't do the same thing. There are certain things you can do with an apple and orange that are similar, but then there are certain things that you can't do with each one of them. So what we have to do is understand that we are different for God's purpose and for purpose sake. You can't go comparing yourself to a man. Men, you can't go comparing yourself to a woman because that's when confusion sets in. And we see we have a lot of confusion in society today because we have tried to compare. Instead of saying, God, what do you call a woman? What do you call a man? We got people deciding, I'm want to. i a woman, but today I feel like a man. I was thinking about that. If I'm a woman, and I was born a woman, how do I know what it feels like to be a man? All I know, here's a little tip. Y'all keep pulling me into stuff. You only know what you feel like. You don't know what anybody else feels like. Because guess what? You're you. You can't be anybody else. When you start saying, I'm a woman, but I feel like a man, how do you know what a man feels like? All you've done is what you've seen, what you've heard, but you really don't know. All you know is your experience. Somebody can tell you about their experience, but you don't know their experience. So stop letting the world and stop letting people frame what you're supposed to be. God has already set it out. You're a woman, you're supposed to be a, a woman. Guess what? You're a woman. God said, "Your woman submit," and and there it is. That's it. and That's all about about sister Line. I don't think I said it right. But we have to understand that we're called to submit. When we decide that we want to do something different, that's when confusion sets in, and that's when we can't we can't get God's accomplish uh, will accomplish when we're in confusion. So that was the first one that we talked about was. What is submission and why do I have to submit? So now we're going to talk about what the submission looked like. And we kind of got into this last week. So um, back over in First Peter chapter 3. That was our review. Now we're going to get into the new information. First Peter chapter 3, verse 5. Actually, let's start at verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, So we were talking last week, we started talking about adorning ourselves. So I was thinking about it. You know, women, we like to get dressed up. We like to get dressed up. We like to put on all of our stuff and do all of all of those things. So what we should really do is we should make sure that we adorn ourselves with this meek and quiet spirit. This spirit of submission. And if you notice that, it's the hidden man of the heart. And as I was reading to that, now this, this section that we're reading here, it all has to do with women. But if you notice, it says... But let it be the hidden man of the heart. You know, a lot of times when women, we don't want to do stuff. You know, we read stuff in the Bible and we don't want to do it. what we say, well, that says man, not woman. So you know right now that this is including man and woman. It's, so don't understand the hidden man of the heart. Those hard, unseen things that we're going to have to do. So we're to adorn ourselves with submission. So what does adorn mean? It means to dress means to decorate to put in order it's the opposite of chaos so i was thinking about it and i thought about okay so women we like to get dressed and i don't know about y'all, but i wake up and i have to adorn i have to get some things in order because it is chaos the way i look when i wake up but the thing about it is i get it in order so we're to dress we're to decorate we're to adorn ourselves with that meek and quiet spirit, that hidden man. That's what we're supposed to be concentrating on. doesn't mean you can't take care of your outer appearance, but you're supposed to concentrate on that hidden man in the heart that God says is beautiful, that God says is of great value. So what we have to do is we can't let these worldly things creep in. We can't decide, you know, today I'm going to put on a meek and almost quiet spirit. I'm going to take a little bit of what the world is, and I'm going to be the rest godly. That's not it. We can't let it creep in. We always have to make sure things are in proper order. Can't be chaos in our lives, in our hearts. We have to adorn ourselves with that meek and quiet spirit. So as women, we have to be dressed or put in order according to God's purpose. So, you know, when you think about it, think about getting dressed in the morning or whenever. Whenever. So you go in and you decide there are certain things you're going to put on. And then you go, oh, well, this, does this go with this? Does this go with this? Do these shoes look right with this? And as women, you know, you got certain shoes you can wear with certain pants and all these different things as you put it together. And I know men, you're like, I don't even understand all this. But it, 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 it comes to a lot of, I don't want to say intricate details, but there are a lot of details. There are a lot of things that you're putting together and you're putting and you're making sure this goes here and that goes there and that everything looks right. That's the same way we should be with God's purpose. We need to understand God's purpose, and that's the way we adorn our hearts. We're not going to adorn our hearts with what the world says our purpose should be. We're not even going to adorn ourselves with what we think we should be. We're going to look for God's purpose, and that's the order. That's how we're going to order our lives. That's how we're going to order our hearts. So let's go over to Genesis chapter 18, because in uh, verse 6 there in verse, um, First Peter chapter 3 says, Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord whose daughters ye are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement so let's look at what sarah did so we're going to go over to genesis chapter 18 and we're just going to read a little piece of this and we're going to talk about this this little episode that we're seeing so we're going to jump in the middle and this is abraham he's having a conversation with some people here and some of you may be uh you're probably familiar with this, but we're going to just take this little part out here. So we're going to start um, chapter 18 of Genesis. We're going to look at verses 9 through 12. So, and they said unto him, these are the men talking to Abraham, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, This is the man talking to Abraham. So now here they just ask about where Sarah. They never called Sarah in to get into this conversation. So where's Sarah and he says behold she's in the tent and he said, "I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life and lo Sarah thy wife shall have a son and Sarah heard it in the in heard it in the tent door which was behind him so here Sarah she hears this conversation that Abraham is having and she's behind the tent door so she's just hearing the conversation she's she's there nothing going on she just hears it So, but nobody's talking to Sarah. Sarah's not talking to anybody. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well-stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah's thinking about her situation, and she's thinking about her, husband. like, I don't know about this baby thing. So then, verse 12 says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord also being old? Excuse me, my Lord being old also. So, what I want to pull out here is I want to look at this situation because in, in what we looked at in First Peter chapter uh, 3 and verse 6, Sarah called Abraham Lord. So we want to talk about why is that important. So if you look up the word Lord or if you look in this scripture um, of verse 12 in other translations, you'll see the word husband there. So what the word Lord here, it does mean husband. It formal, formally it means Master. It's one who is the male partner of a marriage with a focus on a position of authority in the relationship. That's what what that word means. Now, the first part of the definition is important, but the very last part is very important. Lord, husband, formerly master, one who is the male partner of a marriage with a focus on a position of authority in the relationship. So that word, it is referring to the husband, but it's focusing on his position of authority in the relationship. And remember, it's God who delegates authority. So God put the husband in that position. Now, the thing about this is I was looking at this. So Sarah's sitting there. She's hearing a conversation. She's not talking to anybody. She's just having a thought in her mind. In her mind, when nobody sees, when nobody hears, she still has that respect for the authority of her husband. She still calls him Lord. She was not talking to her friends, trying to make it look good. I submit to my husband. I'm going to call him Lord. No. This was a situation where she was just describing her life. And in that, she was thinking about it. She was behind the curtain. Or behind the tent door. That's what I think of the curtain, because I think of a tent door. Like, it may not have been the way. But anyway, she was behind. That was what was in her mind. So she was still referring to him, with that respect of his position and the authority that God had delegated to him. So at a time when no one could hear her, no one could see her, really it was referring to her, but the conversation wasn't even about her. It was something going on between her husband and somebody else. She just had a thought, and she still had the respect for her husband. Sarah, at this point in time, some stuff had gone on. She and Abraham have been uh, married a long time. Go over to Genesis chapter 12 going to look at some things here sarah was still able to have this um submission have her heart in this place even after abraham had made some bad choices some mistakes she had seen him go from abram to abraham but she was still able to have this submission in her heart so um genesis chapter 12 we're going to look at verses 10 through 20 So now, Sarah and Abraham are married. So we're going to look at verse 10. We're going to start there. It says, And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down. So this is still Abraham before his name has been changed to Abraham. So he's calling him Abram here. Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold, now... I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. So I'm gonna give you a little. Let, let's take. A, I'm gonna stop right here so we can put this in our framework here. So here, Sarah, right now, there's Sarai and Abraham, and there's a famine in the land. They are married, so they have a husband and wife relationship. They are going somewhere to get away from this famine. So they get to this place in Egypt, and Abram looks at his wife and says, "Look here, we're getting this new land, and I want you to know, I, you are a very good-looking woman." And Sarah's like, yeah, okay. So let's go on with it. So you know, you know, oh, you look good. Oh, great. He still thinks I got it. But here we go. So verse 12. Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, this is my wife, and they will kill me. So you know, you're thinking about it. She hears the husband say it. She's probably like, oh, well, man, that's not a good thing. But they will save thee alive. And they, she's like, oh, well, they're going to kill you, but I'm going to still be alive. So this is what Abram says say I pray thee thou art my sister that it may be well with me for thy sake and my soul soul shall live because of thee so now her husband said so when we get up here so they don't kill me because you're good looking and take you from me say you're my sister so okay as I read that you know I read it a bunch of times reading this study and I was like you know You ashamed of me now? You just said, I look good, but now you want me to be your sister, not your wife? Think about this the real way it is. You know, now she's probably like, what? But she goes along with it. So, and it came to pass that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld a woman that she was very fair. The Princess also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, so now, because of this, she's been taken away from Abram, and she's in Pharaoh's house, so now her world is turned upside down. so all this is going on, and while this is happening, Abram in verse sixteen it says, "And he entreated Abram well for his for her sake, so he got a lot of stuff out of the deal, and he has sheep and oxen and he and he asses and men servants. And maid servants and she asses and camels, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this thou that thou hast done unto me? Why didst, why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidst thou she is my sister, so, my, so I might have taken her to me to wife? Now therefore, behold, thy wife, take her and go away. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away, and his wife, and all that he had. So here's the situation. It was, it was some bad judgment going on. You know, tough situation. People made some bad choices. But they got out of it by the grace of God. But the thing about this is, so you think about this. Think about this if you were in, in Sarai's position. Basically, my husband said, don't tell nobody you're my wife. That gets me into trouble. I'm pulled into the Pharaoh's house. I don't know anybody here. I'm in this situation. Is my husband ashamed of me? You know, think about the situation. I don't know if these were things she was thinking, but it could have been. So now they get out of the situation. But while they were there, Abram got all this stuff. And guess what? Pharaoh said, you, all that stuff you got, take it. Get out. So they get out of the situation. But there's, for Sarah and Abraham, even when they go through, Abraham's name is changed, Sarah's name is changed. All these things happen. There's always, and later on if you read this, there's some other physical reminders of that time. Of the mistake that was made. Of the hurt that was caused. But you know what? Sarah didn't disrespect her husband. Even though her husband had made that mistake, even though all those things had happened and she could go in daily and see things that happened because of all that, she never disrespected her husband. So, we can't let, as women, you can't let past mistakes or wrong decisions change your submission. Now, remember, submission is an act of obedience. It's an act of obedience to God. And you we all make mistakes. We all make bad choices. But you deciding that you're not going to submit is not going to make things better. It's actually going to make things worse. So rebellion is not going to get your husband into the place where he can see what he needs to be with God. We talked about the husband having the direction of the home. You going in and manipulating or nagging, browbeating, always bringing up those past mistakes. Oh, you got, you remember if you hadn't even gone down to Egypt and tried to sell me, we wouldn't even have Hagar and all this mess. She wasn't doing all of that. She submitted to her husband. Those kind of things, the manipulation, the nagging, the, um, when it says in, in verse, um, let's go over 1 Peter. And we're going to read this. Because those types of things, manipulating, browbeating, nagging, the silent treatment, Trying to be um, seductive, showing off things, and I, you know, it's your husband, so it's different. But I guess relying on your physical attributes, that's not going to get your husband into the place where he needs to be. It's going to be the submission. So let's go ahead, and we're going to read our foundational scripture here, so we can see this. First Peter chapter three, one through six. We'll read this. So what 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 do we need to do? Like we're going to be like Sarah. So verse one says, "Likewise." Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair, of wearing of gold, or of putting on of the apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, Show your husband God. It's not all those other things, and it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. I was thinking about this. I talked about it earlier where submission has been used to gain the advantage. When you decide that you are going to um, nag, manipulate, do all those things besides submit, guess what? You're trying to gain the advantage too. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get your husband to do what you want him to do. You may think you want him to do what God wants him to do because you've heard some things, but if you're saying, well, you need to do this and I need to make sure you get to that place because you need to be the man that God called you to be. No. Here's the thing. If your husband can't see the man that God wants him to be, you telling him is not going to happen because you're telling him. God has to tell him. Remember I talked about understanding and accepting? you got to understand it and you have to accept it. So coming in, trying to do all these things and not submitting, you're trying to gain the advantage. So what, what happens is, a lot of times, you'll see this, the, the, the wife will be um, a believer. And they'll be um, consistent, coming to church, doing all these things, and the husband won't. And they're praying for their husband, they're doing all these things, and then the husband gets in position, but she still wants to have that upper hand. And maybe she doesn't say it that way, but what she'll say, I remember praying so hard for my husband. Every time somebody talks about, oh, your husband is such a blessing, blah, blah, blah. I remember praying so hard for him, da da, because they want to take the credit for it. It's what I did to get them there. No, it's what God's done. And what you have to realize is it's never, listen, if you don't do it, God can get it done. So listen, even even if it's your husband that you're praying for, guess what? Somebody else can pray for your husband and God can hear that prayer and work on that behalf. So don't sit here and try to take credit for what God is doing. All you got to do is your part, and that part is submission. So we can't submit when it's convenient or when we feel like it. So, you know, you think about it. It's really convenient. I w- uh, we're going to look next week at another example for if we were Sarah, and you could look backwards and say, oh, well, this is what Abraham is going to become. So, yeah, we may go through some really tough times, but I can submit because I know where I'm going to end up. But that's not how it is. We have to be able to submit in tough times. You have to be able to submit when you don't know what it's going to look like at the end. You don't know if anything is going to come of it. And, you know, I know we're talking about, um, we're looking at maybe the husband makes a mistake and all those types of things. But there may be times where everything's going right, but it just may be hard to submit. Maybe something you really want to do and God's telling you no. The husband, Your husband is saying, no, that's not the direction for our family. You have to be able to submit then. In the home, there can't be any competition. You know, with, with submission, that's one of the things, especially in the world, one's always going to have to be greater. One's going to have to have the upper hand. And with women, we're we good at that. We, we keep it under the cover. You don't know. Women keep competition under the cover, but it's a lot of competition that goes on with women. And what I mean by competition, not so much as I win, but I compare myself to somebody else. I am this person is this way and I'm this way, so it makes me better. We don't do that in the home. That's not it. Remember, there's no better, there's no worse. It's different for purpose sake. So we can't have competition. We can't have secrecy. We can't have lies or any other method to gain advantage in the home because that's not going to bring unity. We can't get to God's purpose without unity. And the thing about it is when you're lying to somebody or you're holding back things and you're being secretive and you're being, you know, little passive-aggressive things, we're really good at the passive-aggressive too. You know, y'all know, just shake your head. I told I wasn't going to make y'all do that, but you can shake your head, yeah. We're good at the passive-aggressive. We may not do it because we've learned to submit, but those types of things, they're never going to put us in position to uh, complete God's purpose because we're all going a different way. We all have to come together. We have to submit so that God's purpose can be uh, accomplished in the family. So, I'm almost out of time. But next week, we'll set you up for next week. Let's go over to uh, Proverbs chapter 11. Um some of the qualities of submission, what does submission look like? One of those things is the discretion. So Proverbs chapter 11, chapter 20, uh, verse 22. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. So, think of a gold jewel in the snout of a pig. That's the way A beautiful, a fair woman is without discretion. So what is discretion? And I'm going to leave you with this. Discretion is discernment. It's good judgment as a facet or a component of wisdom and capacity for understanding. It's good choices and good behavior. The quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or to reveal too much information. So... That's discretion. I'm going to read it one more time. It's discernment, good judgment as a facet or a component for wisdom and capacity for understanding. It's good choices and good behavior. It's the quality or behavior or the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or to reveal too much information. So next week we're going to talk about discretion. We're going to talk about what those qualities manifest, what it looks like, the physical. Not only are we going to talk about discretion and the choices and good choices, we're also going to talk about the physical things that we can automatically see, what discretion brings about. Amen? Amen. You all may be dismissed.